NXT versus AEW week two. It is October 9th, and this is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and tonight we've got a stacked panel. Raj Geary, Matt Morgan, Justin Labar here to talk about all the Wednesday Night Wars in its second week. Uh, Matt, did you watch both shows tonight or just AEW? I watched both. Why don't, hey, real quick, I know we're trying something uh, different tonight. Why don't you tell the fans at home oh, that's the right. platforms we're being viewed on tonight? We are multi-streaming tonight. Uh, we're on Facebook Live, we're on YouTube, and we're on Periscope. So uh, yeah, we are literally everywhere. It's exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> <clears throat> but um, back to your question, sorry. Um, awesome. I wish I could split these shows up. I really wish I could split these two shows up because these are like my two favorite shows. I like these better than SmackDown and Raw, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, right? I would take anything either show tonight over what we saw Monday, certainly. No question. <sighs> How about you, Justin? What did you watch tonight? Uh, I did my best to did my best to keep up with both of them. I was switching back and forth, and uh, I mean, you know, I, I didn't get to hear the sound last week uh, for both of them uh, at the viewing party, so I was really interested to hear commentary, hear the production, and uh, this was a marathon, but it's fun. It's it, this is this is this is great. Hmm. And Raj, how did you do keeping up tonight? Uh, it's it's a little exhausting, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same thing as I thought as last week. You know, uh, AEW with the more impressive production and the, the more impressive look. I think if you went just by matches, NXT probably had the edge again, but AEW just felt like the bigger show. Uh, Chris Jericho with a killer promo. Uh, I I feel like both shows have kind of been lacking that the first week, and you know Jericho more than made up for it. With just uh, it just came across as a total superstar. So. Um, his promo at the end? No, uh, towards Darn. the beginning. Yeah. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah, the one where he was he ripped on the We the People chant and just uh, <laughs> <laughs> just went off. I mean, he's just uh, he's just heads and shoulders above almost anyone in the business right now, and, and he just showed uh, he it right there. He really is. Definitely. Um, yeah, I watched Leo Rush win the cruiserweight championship on the big screen. That was uh, awesome. while watching Private Party versus the Bucks on my tablet, but then I switch over and watch AEW on the big screen. Ah, okay. So here's where watching both sucks because those are two matches. I swear to you, I would have put cash in hand and give it to someone to take for me to watch those matches. <laughs> yeah. Those two specifically. In fact, I was so pissed. They were going head to head. Matt, I think you'll agree with this better. Even than last week, I think those two matches happening at the same time, the best simultaneous wrestling that has been on TV uh, in at least 20 years. No question. Yes. Dude, Private Party has improved so much over this past year. I yes. mean, they yeah. they didn't look uh, green at all tonight. I mean, they looked amazing. Leo Rush was fantastic. Uh, it's great seeing him winning. Now it's called the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. But uh, man, you talk about you know starting two shows hot, but that's <laughs> that's about as hot as you can start it. Dude, they started in tenth gear. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, holy mackerel. Yeah, NXT did a good job. They got to the first bell and the first set of moves quicker than uh, AEW. Right. So that so that grabbed my attention. It was five minutes in, and we got the first set of moves. Uh, it was seven minutes in until AEW started their match going. So I, I they, NXT grabbed my attention because of that. But you know, yeah. I, I'm going back and forth. Yeah, that that tag team match that was that was I mean tag team wrestling at its finest, and that kind of that kind of swayed me over to AEW to to give more time to that segment. Um, but yeah, that, I, I agree. That's probably the best simultaneous. I'm really interested to see those first quarter. Uh, our numbers because <clears throat> here's the thing but these for the smart marks that watch this, they're, they're not smart marks there's no such thing as that really anymore right everybody is considered you know most average wrestling fan rather 
they're going to, in my opinion, I have a feeling they waited. I have a feeling they did not go to NXT, even though the bell rung earlier, because they knew it was the Young Bucks that were kicking it off. Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I The average fan, yes, they're going to watch where the action is, I'm guessing, first. But the diehard fans, I think they knew the Young Bucks were coming on. I think they were going to wait. I don't know. We'll see. I'm very interested to see those first quarter hours. Well, speaking of quarters and numbers, you know, one thing that AEW, again, I'm getting to watch side by side, one thing they did much better, or they did less of, I should say, they did not go to break during as many matches as what NXT and WWE's general formula is. They did it. They, they, they went to break during the Darby Havoc match, but for the most part, they tried to time their breaks to where you were not going to miss action. And that's, that's a huge thing, I think, when you're going head to head with somebody. Do you guys think, uh, uh, what's his name, Johnny A's felt slighted? When Tony uh, Schiavone said that I've never seen a skateboard come down a wrestling ramp before, me. <laughs> well, Johnny Ace never rode it, right? He would just carry it. <laughs> I actually, I don't even know that. Did he? Yeah, he never rode it. I don't even think he knows how to. I thought. <laughs> I, thought, so I, thought, I, thought I thought one of them rode it. Or was it Shane Douglas that rode it? Had them and Shane Douglas then. One of them did. Did they? I thought they both I, just carried it to the ring. There was one that didn't. It would be goofball Johnny Ace for sure. <laughs> I can't see him riding a skateboard if you look at him now, especially. It's so uncoordinated. <laughs> uh, so yeah, tonight I, I will say this: uh, that I think NXT made a mistake by opening with such an extensive recap of what happened last Wednesday night, whereas AEW got more into the show. Well, he just said yeah, but they, seven well, minutes to get a bell ring versus NXT jumping right in, it sounded like. I mean, NXT did a recap, but they still got to the match faster. That's uh, true. AEW had longer entrances b- between uh, Bucks and, 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 and Party. Both, both, both of these get to these matches. Um, both of these matches were friggin' off the hook. Just, yeah. Again, I, I kept it, it on AEW, and I went back and forth. Anytime there was a rest hole, or there's not really a rest hole in the Young Bucks match, but when there was a half a pause, I was back to NXT. And then back, and then back, and so next week I'm putting both TVs side by freaking side. <laughs> and Matt. again, if you're a, if you're a wrestling fan, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, nothing to complain about. But if you're a newer fan or someone sampling for the first time, AEW looks major league. NXT, I mean, it looks like you know ROH. NXT has this knack of making 400 people look like 100. While AEW tonight, they probably had four th- four or five thousand people and made it look like 10. Now, here's the catch-22, though. The aesthetic that they're putting out, obviously, they're doing that on purpose. They are this big, humongous conglomerate. They are SmackDown and Raw in these humongous arenas with many fans, and they've played stadiums before. See you later, dude. Um, so, um, anyways, what was I saying? So, they play these big stadiums. They, they do these huge events and whatnot. So, here's the almighty Darth Vader, you know, if you will, of the wrestling business trying to come across as babyface and edgy if you will by showing this young independent type of show that they think are going to get these passionate wrestling fans into tuning in like they're doing that on purpose they're not going to try to compete with the production value as far as and when i say production value, i don't mean the the videos and right. things of that nature because nxt i would argue may do a better job in that regard hmm. i mean the aesthetics of the show the fans the arena the pyro the pyro, I'm still a huge mark for that. I don't know why any wrestling ever gets rid of pyro. Pyro is awesome. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with pyro. <laughs> and tonight's show kicked off with it. And I was like, this is cool. Yeah. I got flashbacks of being a fan when I was younger. Matt, can I ask you real quick with that, with that opening match on AEW? Because a, cr- a critique that I can I, I saw and I could make a case for it. I want to hear yours. Was that tag match? I mean, you're talking about a lot of a lot of finishing moves, <laughs> falsies, but and then it ends on a roll up. Are you okay with that? 
Yes, because it took so much. Where at, when you're at that point and you've shot somebody with a freaking Uzi fifty five thousand times <laughs> and fifty five thousand bullets hit somebody, and the person just hardly stands up the last second. You could pretty much do that at that at that last second, and it should be enough to put them down because they're so they're on drunk street, if you will. Yeah, let let's uh <laughs> let's go through that. Let's go through dynamite first, and then uh, we'll get to NXT right after that. Yeah, Glenn. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it is the Young Bucks versus Private Party that opened, as we were saying. This was the first uh, match in the AEW Tag Team Tournament. And kind of a surprise. I thought that the Young Bucks did not win. Private Party winning by pinfall to advance in the tournament. Yeah. But uh, what a showcase for them tonight. It was. And the second of the two, not what's the, the main one's Quinn, right? Yeah. The, the other one I, is the one who I told you I'm not very impressed with normally. Not not crying, just trying to crap on the kid for no reason. I'm saying Quinn is a single star in the making. And I've always been saying this whole time. Tonight and last time I saw them, the other one has really improved immensely. And that's where I think we're seeing that improvement, Roger, of them as a team being confident and not looking as green anymore. Mm-hmm. He was the weaker of the two I was on. Tonight, he was really good. Isaiah Cassidy, yeah. Yeah, Isaiah Mark Cassidy. Quinn definitely has a... Uh, has a star look to him for sure, but um, yeah. yeah, he shouldn't be covered up. That dude shredded. He's shredded. Yeah, great match tonight. I mean, this I actually I hate to say it. I think this and uh, Leo's match. I mean, match of the night. Matches both. The night. Oh, for sure. Yeah, both opened. Uh, this was hot, man. This was really, really good. Justin, uh, how far do you think Private Party is going to go in this tournament? Uh, I'd have to see the bracket. I don't think they're going to go all the way. I, I had made a prediction a few weeks ago looking when I looked at the bracket. But I, regardless, even if they lose next week, I mean, they just got put over by the Young Bucks yeah. on week two of the show. Um, you know, the Young Bucks are, are, are not harmed by this at all. This just elevates another team to, um, you know, to, to, to play with, so to speak. So I thought this was great. I, again, I don't, when I looked at the bracket, I don't think I had them going all the way. I think my bracket <clears throat> prediction was the, was, um, Pentagon and Phoenix. I think that's who I had going all the way. Ooh. But, okay, um, that's hard. But, okay, that's hard to fight against. Obviously. Yeah, they're not in it, are they? Well, they were. Let me double no? check that. Um, I thought Nick and I did this a few weeks ago. On I agree, George Bartley. Bucks do not need the belts. I agree. Yeah, they don't. I do think when you're trying to establish it, though, you want the finals to be your two biggest. You're, you're right. The Lucha Brothers are in. You do want the two biggest mm-hmm. tag teams, you know, in the finals. And and for that reason, I would have kept the Young Bucks. I'm not saying private party shouldn't have been in there. You could have bracketed differently where they're on the other side cool. and then they win in the finals. But so hear me out. If you have private party, let's say somehow in Lucha Brothers in the finals, Lucha Brothers go over. You now have you now have. Um, was it? um what was her name? I just said it wrong. Not House Party. What I call them? Private, uh, party. private Party. Private Party. House Party. Solid name for a band. If they are a tag team, if they do a skin and play. Um, private Party is now they're brought up to the other two teams level somewhat by making it that far, making it to the finals. Doing the job the Lucha Brothers does not hurt them. They beat the Young Bucks. Now you have three tag teams right off the bat that are right up here. Versus, yeah. you just have Young Bucks go to War with Lucha Brothers for the 55th time. You have two teams up here. Private parties look right here. The uh, the west side of the bracket is kind. Of, it's kind of stacked. So, the way the finals would work it, is it it'll either be Private Party, Lucha Brothers, or Jurassic Express against either Dark Order, SCU, or the Best Friends. So, why the Best Friends even in this? Why is Dark Order even in this? They all need. Ugh. 
Yeah, it's it's not balanced well with the the two no, sides. No, it is not. And it's, yeah, if you had Lucha Brothers on the other side, yeah, I agree that would be uh, that would be a hot final with Private Party and Lucha Brothers. How much did AEW troll the hardcore fans tonight with the lights going out and you thinking the Dark Order was about to show up? Put that twice. Dark Order was coming. I was hoping it was like a former WWE star or like some Sting, somebody crazy like that. You know, that's what I kept thinking. I did never one time think it was going to be Dark Order. I did. I did because it was right after the. Uh, wasn't it right after the Best Friend segment? Yeah, which would have made sense because right. Dark Order attacked them at uh, All Out. Right. The Dark Order could wrestle in front of me right now as I shoot this show, and I'll still forget their name, who they are. I want to forget them. I cannot stand them. The best friends thing. I mean, we'll we'll talk. Okay, so let's. Uh... It, it reminds me of the librarian thing. It, it works for a small group, but on a big scale, it's it's just it's not a it's not there. It's bad, and I like both guys. Yeah, same lot. here. I don't get. I, I just. I don't know. Okay, so let's so watch this match. If you skipped AEW Dynamite tonight, if you're gonna watch the highlights, watch Private Party versus the Young Bucks. This was a fantastic match. Highly recommend it. Then we got Jericho. Man, they opened so strong with this. I thought everything sort of paled uh, in comparison to what came before it. Jericho went out and uh, introduced his inner circle now, as they're being called, his faction: Sammy Guevara, Ortiz, Santana, Jake Hager. Uh, people were chanting, "We the people." Jericho saying straight up that was a stupid idea by bad creative. It's dead and buried. Was praising Hager's MMA work, saying he's the toughest guy. I believe he said, shoot the toughest guy in AEW. Um, and yeah, what did you call uh, Sammy Guevara uh, sexy at one point or something? You made some comment about the kids' looks. Um, it was this was a good promo. I think Jericho is really solidified. This is uh, the dominant heel faction. And he did one of the hardest things there is to do: take the ammunition away from the fans when they want to chant something and they're rabid about it. Dude, as a wrestler, I'm telling you right now, that's so hard to do. And the fact that he's able to chump the entire arena, the entire arena, he totally just jabroned where they all felt like cornballs for chanting it. Yeah, yeah, like that he did it. He's so good. Yeah, he, he tried to move on to the next thing he wanted to say, which he wanted to put over uh, Jake as being a tough MMA fighter. And he's got, he got as far as MMA, and then he said, okay, we'll stop. He let them chant for a few more seconds. You're right. Totally flipped it on him, got them to rally behind you know, the anti-WWE thing. Um, mm-hmm. the, way that he, the way that he introduced each of these people made them seem more important. The way he flipped it, he's using the list, but now as a good thing if you're on his list. I mean, he totally just cemented his group. It was it was a, it was. Promo gold, the way he pulled this off, and and this is great for a, a new promotion to have the most credible guy who is your champion have a heel faction with some recognizable uh, faces and some new faces. That's great for uh, to have baby faces chasing. LAX and Guevara were made in that one segment alone. Yes. Absolutely, this yes. was a money promo. Jericho came across as a star. He built up his opponent. He built up the feud with Cody. Got over these other guys like they're they're really important. They mean something, and came across just looking like a superstar. I mean, you don't see promos like that that much anymore, and it just felt real, organic. Again, I hate you know. I always bring up the Nitro comparisons, but how the old Nitro you know promos used to feel, um, the good ones, you know, where uh, it would really make the guys. So actually, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, Matt. You could probably speak to this. I seem to recall TNT had a lot of promos like this, or TNA. Pardon me, TNA did uh, an Impact having where you would have the one, the biggest star, and they're putting over the other guys that were with them. I feel like WWE doesn't do this enough to have the one guy with the guy standing behind him and putting everyone over. I really like that. I think that's a very effective tactic. And tonight uh, Jericho did it masterfully. 
What's up, Peter Bahi? Um, yeah, he definitely did. I mean, what else can we add to that other than that was freaking gold? And he is like three levels ahead of everyone else in the entire business right now. It's not even close. That promo kind of epitomized what I think a lot of fans are hoping AEW will be and that WWE is not, which is less script. It just felt very yeah. just Jericho, go out there and get get your guys over. <laughs> and after the show, even though he said some like you know basic heel one on one promo stuff, it felt like he grabbed the mic when he wasn't supposed to grab the mic and, and just and just started talking. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't feel like that was what he was supposed to go out and do after they got their asses handed to them. They were supposed to close the show out that way, walking up the ramp as a group. Like it didn't feel like he was supposed to grab the mic and talk. And if he was, it felt like a shoot, which is what you want. Yeah, it felt organic. It did. It yeah. did. A lot of it did. Him and Dustin as well in the middle of their match at one point. Dustin came in at the beginning and like glommed him from behind right as Jericho made the tag out. Right when Jericho started the match, he tagged out really quick. Dustin like glommed him through the ropes, followed him out around the rings, are beating his butt, and it looked like Jericho wasn't expecting it. Again, these two are pros, right? Hall of Famers. And they worked me into thinking that, that was like, wow, Dustin, like Jericho didn't look like he wasn't expecting that. Yeah. yeah, he's so good. I can't. I, I'm I, I'm swinging on him. I'm not going to pretend I'm not. He's that good tonight. Tonight he proved it again. Yeah. Um, after this we had. Oh man, you were so looking forward to this match. Hmm. Jimmy Havoc, your favorite wrestler, yeah. versus Darby <laughs> Allen, uh, Goth versus Emo. Good. The right guy won. Yeah. The right guy oh, won. It was I mean, all it, that it needed to be, right, to get Darby even more. Yes. Over. Yes, Darby. Darby's awesome. His music is cool. Not, that's not going about. I think his music entrance is cool. I think he himself is cool. His his, his gimmick is cool. It's different. Um, even though he's shorter, he looks like an athlete, right? He's he's cut. He's not like some fat little short slob or a skinny fat guy. He he looks like an athlete. He's just shorter, but he looks like an athlete. I was gonna say um, sort of like a muscular, scrawny emo kid. <laughs> no, he's not scrum. I think he looks. I think he looks good for. I think he looks athletic, and he because he is obviously an athlete. Look at him. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Darby looks definitely looks more like a star. Um, you know, Matt. To your point, you know, AEW is saying when wins and losses matter. You know, Darby Allen has not. He's had one other win. It was a, a dark match before this. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know they did use that in storyline. Pa- uh, pa- yeah. I can't say pack. Pac pa- so feels weird. weird. Yeah, we're just let's force it. Let's force him back to Pac. Yeah, Pac is so much cooler. But Pac bringing up like you know why are these guys in the world title picture when I got a much better win loss record? So thank you for saying that. I love that he was saying that. Yeah, no, storyline, it makes all the sense in the world. I mean, I, I get it. For TV, don't wanna, you don't want to waste the big matches, but... I don't um, want to be out here talking with you two chumps. I need to be in the middle of that ring. What the hell's going on here? He's right. Right, yeah. I well, love that he was saying that. And didn't he say he had one loss in the last two years? Yeah. Yes. Wasn't that true. the Enzo? No. Well, they, he, he means since he left WWE. That was 2000. <laughs> he was in <laughs> WWE two years ago at this time. This was like right when he left. Yeah. 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 I had to look it up. I forgot. I was like, did Enzo actually legit ever beat him? And he did with a low blow. Yeah, he left shortly thereafter. I'll say that's yeah. what supposedly triggered the <laughs> meltdown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, look, I mean, Darby just continued to get over tonight. The pop for that uh, coffin drop that he did at the end was so loud. I mean, the crowd just loves this kid. I think him versus Jericho is great. But, do you, uh, Matt, let me ask you this. Do you think it's a mistake? Like, it cuts both ways. He gets in that main event segment 
with Jericho next week for the championship, but he's going to lose. That's okay. And Jericho, once again, did a great job of selling two matches the entire time, dude. He was on, like, he sold him versus Cody. He also, and by the way, by the way, <laughs> by the way, skateboard kid, you're dead next week. It's your, it's your funeral, yeah. bitch. And everyone, everyone popped for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know the, the the last thing I tweeted just as I tweeted everybody that we're live here um, on all these platforms tonight, which is awesome, was the best compliment I can give AEW is that, especially in that final segment they made everybody feel like a star, like everybody. Yes, it, they and, did. and we don't we that's something we don't get. <laughs> we haven't been getting, you know. Isn't it weird though how when WWE does it, when they just cram all these people into the segment, we say, "Oh, it takes away from everyone's unique specialness. It brings people down. It makes it feel like oh. Oh, we're just emptying the locker room." Sometimes, I mean, when's the last like multi-man yeah, segment? Locker room clear and brawl like they did the other night with the boxing guy. It made everyone look like chumps and jabronis that were breaking. Ooh, or, or if they're all chasing a title, a twenty-four-seven title that makes them look like doing chumps. conga lines. That's different. Yeah. That's not what this was. This or, was enters. Or when they're doing Fatal Five Ways every other week, or they're doing eight-man tag matches. I think about doing it with promos and attacks the way they did tonight. I well, think that's why it worked a little bit better. To the to the to your comparison, Glenn, this is what AEW has in their favor: is the fact that they have a clean slate. Hmm. All these characters are brand new in the AEW universe, whereas you can have a Fatal Five on Raw, and you're like, well, three of these guys haven't won since the third grade picnic, you know? So it's like. That's, yeah. that's the benefit AEW has with a clean that's, slate. That's actually a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. After that women's match, Bea Priestley and Emi Sakura versus AEW women's champion Rio and Dr. Britt Baker. Who was the girl that wrestled last week? Did you guys catch the dark yet? The dark version of the show? The dark matches? I haven't uh, been able to watch it yet. No. Penelope Ford is a oh, yeah. stud, dude. They need to get her on like main TV now. She is gonna, she's awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say about this match. She needed to be in this match, like wrestling and featured. I feel like the women's division in AEW they don't quite have dialed yet how to do it. Well, because they're figuring out which of these girls are gonna catch and which yeah. ones aren't, right? They still gotta do that part. Who's gonna catch with these fans and who's not? Britt Baker's obviously one of them, right? Mm-hmm. I think we agree with that. Cheap plug, Britt Baker will be on Wrestling Rally with Justin LaBar presented by Blue True this weekend. I feel they're wrong with Riho, by the way. I think they're very incorrect with her. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, compared to NXT tonight, I thought one, one women's wrestling. Oh, my goodness. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah I mean, WWE did a great job of snatching up all the top women. <laughs> um, you know, right now, who do you got outside of WWE that can really make a difference? You got Tessa Blanchard. Kong. Kong who, who they have, who's also a coach um, and who's been working backstage. She, she's been coaching, but she her. will be back on AEW soon. They need to get her back because she is instant credibility and instant freaking yeah. monster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and, and Emma, you know, uh, Tennille Dashwood. But uh, oh, dude, Emma's really yeah, good call. I forgot about Emma. Emma's really really good. Like, remember we thought she was going to be the big, the real deal for the Moon's Division for a while there. Yeah. Um, but then they brought her up. Did what they did with her. Yeah. So you know, WWE they, they did a great job of snatching up the top women, but you know, yeah. and so AEW is really starting from scratch there. Yes. It's interesting in the main event tag tonight, Jericho got the victory, but in this women's tag match, mm-hmm. Britt Baker used the mandible clog, forced Sakura to tap out. What, what, what do you mean? I don't understand. 
Uh, the cha- uh, the champion Riho did not win the women's tag match, whereas Jericho won oh, oh, the tag match at the end of the show. Well, I think they're building to Britt Baker and Riho, so sure. it, it, it kind of makes sense for Riho to get the win there. Um, I don't know. How do they not see Britt Baker being the uh, the underdogish baby face having to fight? Um, what's the girl that odds on were supposed to win the championship and she didn't? What's her name again? Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. As the, that that money match and have her chase her for the title till she eventually beats her. I think the Dennis thing is a weird gimmick, man. It is, it is, but I, I, it's okay. But she is legit. <laughs> legit I understand that. I, I understand that. Uh, her using the mandible claw and Jim Ross taking a shot at Bray Wyatt. Did you hear that? Oh no, no. He was said, he said something along the lines of, uh, "Oh, finally, someone properly applying the mandible claw or something like that." Wow. I- I got to say, watching both shows, commentary is the number one thing that suffers for me because I got Moro in my ear while I got JR and Tony on the TV. I, I was listening to Cornette's show a lot, uh, this past week, and he, who's best friends with Jim Ross, put over Moro as the better broadcast last week's back to, uh, you know, NXT versus uh, AEW. Really? Because when I, I listen to super, JR and Tony Schiavone, I don't know if it's because of nostalgia from the Monday Night Wars, but they're my favorite commentary team, you know, with Excalibur since uh, probably Morrow and King when they were doing SmackDown. I think it's the same way for me. I think it's the mark in me that likes seeing them on my TV telling me about my wrestling. Right. The only thing is, let me be, let's be honest. Do you really feel Jim Ross talks about these guys with the same exuberance that he did versus the WWE guys? Hmm. He's getting better. He has gotten better. There's no like sarcastic. He wasn't making no sarcastic comments back then. He wasn't making these offhand comments back then that he does now, where it it seems at times like he's too cool for school. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. This is the guy who gave me my job. I love him to death, so I'm not (laughs) trying to crap on him, obviously. I'm just probably overanalyzing here because when I do listen to him more, I'm like, he amps me up. Oh, I used to feel that big time for a while, especially with the first AEW pay-per-views and, and with New Japan when he was doing commentary there. But he definitely feels like, I don't know if it's he's getting more familiar with these guys, or uh, but he he feels like he's uh, more comfortable and, and he's not doing it as much, but he still is doing it. He, I, I agree. He's not calling them the same way he would call DX or... Uh, Anybody. Even like uh, D'Lo Brown versus freaking uh, The Godfather. Like, like seriously. Right. At least he's mentally present. I mean, Lawler just sounds like like it's a robot. Oh, They're just dude, playing yeah. old sound clips of his old jokes. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you're right. And yeah. I mean, I'm hoping he gets there. I hope he gets it because it that's what it's going to take to get these guys to become household names. Yeah. In my opinion, you got to have the announced t- the announced team excited. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. they're watching, so we at home feel the same way. And Tony Schiavone has been outstanding. I feel like he has yes. been great for yeah. someone out of the loop for so long. He he doesn't treat these guys like they're not stars. Like he treats yeah. them like it's no different than how he used to call Nitro. What a yeah. comeback story with Tony. Remember Raj? We had him on this yeah. podcast what three years ago when yeah. he was starting to do podcasts. He's talking about how he like had a day job for a while. I think he was working at Starbucks. Right. He'd uh, been you know just out of the game for so long and just this meteoric rise back to uh, the top. He the was AEW. announcing baseball. I thought he was yeah, doing some he was local doing minor league stuff. Yeah, local stuff. Not much yeah. money in that though. Well, uh, and it, I gotcha. And you could actually kind of hear like his natural like uh, 
coming back into it and excitement. Like at the one point when he said, "Oh, it's called the Vader bomb now," and like that. I appreciate that, though. I, I don't yeah. know. I appreciate that. I'll tell you what. I, I hate three man commentary, but and I, like this is a person who got. I got my degree in broadcasting. I, I hate three man commentary teams, whether it's wrestling, but, sports, whatever. But I will say, I think the AEW three man commentary team is coming off better than I enjoy he, listening to them. More here's here's why they need him. As ridiculous as X, I hate Alex Excalibur, Excalibur wearing that stupid gimmick out there. I don't. I think it's weird. I think it's hokey, and people clicking through the channels that are mainstream. I just don't like it. But. They desperately need him out there to connect those guys to today's wrestlers, in my opinion, with calling out, being able to keep up with the action if they're not able to keep up. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. think about it. Jim Ross and, and Tony Giovanni have never called wrestling at this space. Jim Ross did yes for, for, for New Japan. But this is a fast pace with independent wrestlers that he's probably <laughs> never seen before. JR just thinking in his mind, oh, why why aren't they taking any rest holds? Why am I not catching a breath? Well, here? no, you can hear it in his voice at times going like, guys, I'm begging you for some freaking ring psychology here. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. This is the 55th super kick. <laughs> like you can hear it in his voice, and I'm with him sometimes when he's doing it. I agree at times. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, NXT is more polished, but I think tonight Moro Moro sounds sometimes like a parody of Moro. You know what I mean? Well, yes. my point was I was just surprised to hear his best, you know, the guy who thinks the highest of him, which is Cornette. Yeah. Make that compare, you know, saying, wow, Morrow, I thought had a better week last week. That's all. I was huh. And real quick, we're, we'll get to this later. But Matt, did you watch NWA Power? Yes, I did. All right. We'll talk about that later. Jim Cornette was fantastic on commentary. He's, dude, he never says the same thing twice. He's like, <laughs> give him a promo, he'll read it five different ways. He's crazy. Yeah. He's such a good, crazy promo. He's yeah. so awesome. Ah, so Bia Priestley gave uh, Britt Baker a bit of a shiner. You can see that online. Uh, after that, we had the best friends in the crowd. That, like, this was the one pre-produced video package tonight, was uh, the thing they showed of them walking in a field and hugging. I don't get this at all. Orange Cassidy was there. He got a big pop from the crowd. Um, <sighs> what, what do you think about this, Matt? It feels like they're still – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong – are they still keeping the storytelling to YouTube primarily each week? Because I feel like on TV they're not doing segments. They they didn't really trend. They didn't really move uh, Orange Cassidy forward. Like, yeah, he didn't sure. talk or do anything in the being the elite uh, episode last. <laughs> he just kind of sat there in the locker room. Um, they thought he was asleep. They took his glasses off and then he was wide awake. Um, that's really it. But um, I don't like. I, I love I love Orange Cassidy. I just don't love best friend thing. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is true, well, J.C. Harrington. He says sometimes Morrow's oh, sometimes too over the top. And yeah, yeah. The, the Mama Mia's don't mean anything anymore. It's Yeah. When well, you do it every week, it, it definitely uh, – it's mm-hmm. like when he, Joey Styles would always do, oh, my God. You know, mm-hmm. when you hear it once in a while, it was yeah. cool. But when it was all the time, it just it just got old. Like, I don't know if they have it yet, but I, I'm sure it's not too far off. They're going to have T-shirts that say Mama Mia that Morrow's going <laughs> to be hawking. Right. Dude, the fans chant it now. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. So the, the lights went out after the best friend segment leading Raj and me. Not Matt, <laughs> though. We want to be very clear. Matt did not think the Dark Order was coming. Uh, and so we got Sean Spears, the chairman with Tully Blanchard versus John Moxley. A year ago, if this was Ty Dillinger versus Dean Ambrose, actually, that would have been remarkable when Ty Dillinger is getting a match against Dean Ambrose. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, that would have been cool. But uh, this tonight, Matt, what did you think of this match? Great match. Great. Uh, this was a hard-hitting match. They did a lot of stuff. 
but it, it all made sense. It had a lot of psychology to it. I thought Dean Ambrose, it, it, Dean Ambrose, I got to stop calling him that. Moxley has added a lot of new stuff to his offense and his game. I really dig it. Um, I don't, I don't know what's up with his physique at the moment. Um, yo, he just came off of an infection. That's it's why. a MRSA for like uh, I remember when I had a staph infection, I lost like 20 freaking five pounds, looked like ass. Um, that took a while to build back up, but um, similar type of thing that he had. I had it in my rear deltoid here. Um, but anyways, I, he has changed his game completely. I think his, his style is completely different than what he's doing in the ring. Um, but uh, what do you guys think of his like, gear? Do you think that was kind of indie-rific a little bit? His tights with like barbed wire going around him? <laughs> do you think that was kind of indie? I did. I, I, I kind of feel like Moxie's also lost a step over the last few months as far as star power, as far as uh, feeling like a main eventer. Uh, you compare him to like Jericho tonight. Jericho comes across as this gigantic superstar. Moxley, who did a few months ago, mm-hmm. didn't as much to me here. It was, it was he, almost like, oh, there's it, Moxley. When he first started, Raj, remember when he made his big surprise debut? He was bigger than Jericho that night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I, think, I think Moxley needs some promo time or something. Like he needs to cut a killer promo yeah. and uh and, and do something like that to just kind of get get some of his edge back yeah the, the fact that he got sick and he couldn't do the september show and, and and rush your point you know what what made him what made him matt you know bigger than jericho that night was you know because there was all the real mystique coming off him the guy that like walked out or not walked out but you know just turned away from dota money and like what's gonna happen shut up if, if he would be if he would have been cutting a jericho style promo tonight <laughs> um but yeah, I think they need some mic time for him. He needs to get he, he, guys, even after that first night where he was a surprise, even like the 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 what the video promos that he did uh backstage were freaking grand slams mm-hmm. as well, like on top of it. Um you need to get they need to, they need to produce him in those type of non produced settings, if that makes sense. Give him the mic, let him do his thing. Yeah. <clears throat> but you got to get him amped up against something. Think about it. This was his first appearance to give the double birds to WWE. Every one of us have a lot of piss and vinegar in us when we have that opportunity with yeah, the that... company that we're going to. That's everybody that has that. So the question is what happens once that dies down and there's no more really animosity towards WWE? I hope there is because that's <laughs> where he's getting his oomph from, I thought. Mm-hmm. Right. I haven't thought the gear tonight. I missed the spray-painted shirt uh the spray painted vest i you know i think he looked more rough and tumble before uh tonight it was uh different and at, and at least he's not wrestling in jeans i mean come on yeah i didn't like that either that. i hated that so you're right it's better than that yeah it's better than the the plumber outfit that he had for a while <laughs> no you guys are <laughs> definitely correct on it yeah. so uh, i'm getting a tweet at me uh from a, a source i trust ethan kramer fan of us uh saying they announced tonight the next week from philadelphia Riho will defend the women's championship against Britt baker Okay. Baker's taking an offer. All right. That's that's no? like the shittiest technicality to be like the first champ for two weeks. Okay, <laughs> but nobody's gonna remember Rio. I'm being serious. No one's gonna those fans popped huge when she won last week. I mean they She's that likeable. was probably one of the biggest pops on the show last week. I don't know. We'll you see. Can't, <laughs> you can't have your first champ lose two weeks in. Are you yeah. gonna put a t shirt that says Rio on it and think you're gonna sell it? I mean, I'm pretty. I would argue 
Britt Baker, I would argue, has a better chance of doing that. I would argue the other uh, girl has a better chance. Any one of them have a better chance of doing that. I'm just not a fan of her. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe they string us along. Maybe we, maybe they say we're going to have a match and Britt gets attacked and she's coming to the ring or something. Maybe they just string it out. Because it would be kind of weird. That, that is kind of quick to quickly put the I title just, in. Dude, I, I, even Penelope Ford, I think, is better. I think there's so many girls that are more deserving, no offense to her, than Rio. I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. Kenny Omega is a big because fan of Rio. Kenny Omega's upper freaking, you know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like because he because he thinks she's the greatest. That is that why she gets this? You know what I mean? There's other girls that have been, you know, I think that are more deserving. Wasn't that Cornette's rant about Rio? No, there was like you- it's all. I believe it, Justin. Did you hear this? They're saying that it was like because Kenny Omega, like they're friends. Uh, I think Cornette thought that she was. The girl that he wrestled that was like seven or eight years and ago. She's not. She's not. <laughs> um, I, I saw this quoted online. Either someone was writing a, I, but it's the thing with Cornette. You could write shit like that, whether he said it or not. That sounds like something Cornette would say. <laughs> totally does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Cornette ha- hates anything Kenny Omega. So hey. Kenny Omega is a, a Rio supporter that he, he hates her. But I, I, I like Rio. She's fine, but she's not. I don't know. She should not be the first champion. Are you Cut kidding the- me? This dentist gimmick, though, man. Like it doesn't have to be her either. I it's told not, you, it's, it's, it uh, it's not I even. Should be Nyla Rose. Yes, it should be Nyla. Well, the fact that she, again, the fact that she actually and not, Nyla does amazing PR for the record. Yeah, amazing PR. She's and you really can do good. Nyla versus Awesome Kong for and, to, as an introductory way to kind of put over the women's division. And, and I want to hear what Justin's about to say because I have a <laughs> counterpoint to this. Well, Glenn, you keep saying gimmick. She works in the dentist's office at the simultaneously right now. Okay. You went to school for broadcasting, so if you had a wrestling gimmick, you're gonna come out with a microphone like in your hand and be like doing your hair and everything. And yes. be like, Where, where's my camera? Where's my yes. prompter? Where okay. are my notes? Let yeah. me explain. Let me break this down. Yeah. Why that's as important, Justin, for 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 Glenda who doesn't understand it. Real quick, wrestlers get a bad rap of being dumb lunks, dumb jocks, this and that. So if you notice, anytime Jr. and others get the opportunity to put over someone's legitimate intelligence, like when. Bradshaw was on what do you call it? The, the uh, Fox, Fox show. Bulls, the Bulls, Bulls and Bears. Yeah. Thank you. Though those types of things, you have to broadcast that because it tells the audience these are not just dumb jocks. These are really intelligent people that chose to do this because they're passionate about it. And it shows uh Britt Baker's passion to be a pro wrestler. She's willing to put it all on the line, even though she's got this amazing job as a dentist. So you were a big yeah. fan of the Harvard Chris gimmick, is what you're saying? Yes, yes, but yeah. But yeah. Oh, that gave but, WWE legitimate. Um, what's the what's the word? Legitimacy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as AEW grows, and if they want to start doing the things that we see WWE talent do, which is speaking well, to youth exactly. and going out there, like Brick and say, she's got a graduate degree. She, you know, she got an undergrad at Penn State. She got a graduate at Pitt. You know, when they do TV here in Pittsburgh in a few weeks, the building they're doing the TV in is the building she got her degree in. It's the building her commencement right. was. I mean, like, there's a That's lot of. Interesting bit of trivia, but th- is that really but, like? But she can go. But again, it's to, to the credibility. It's just like yeah, Chris Nowinski. It's like she can. She's not just another talent that went into a wrestling school. She's somebody who's higher educated, like and and and, pros- and practicing in her field simultaneously. So we they have say- all makes models, sizes, and shapes here in the world of wrestling, folks. And here's another example of it. That's what that is. It's not a gimmick. It's an extension of her. It's not a gimmick. It's an extension of her. And Glenn, I mean, to your extent, I mean, to your point, if she was coming out like Dr. Isaac Yankum with the 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 coat and you know uh, the, the light on her it's head, it's in her logo with the stethoscope. And it's they in the logo, but it's not like she's video. coming out in full dental gear and, and like you know yeah, using pliers well, during yeah. the match. Well, well, look at what her gear <laughs> looks like. It got closely Raj. Her, her theme music isn't the sound of a drill like Isaac Yankum's was. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, if that was all she, you know, if that was, if, if it was a gimmick gimmick, like the old WWF occupational gimmicks that they used to have, but like Duke the Dumpster, um, or is incorporated in her character and everything, then yes, I, I think it would be a bad idea. But Matt, how come you weren't coming out to the ring trying to rent people cars in your wrestling career? <laughs> you want to hear something crazy? On top enough, the very first uh, conversation I had with Al Snow was, it was after they told us about like how we have to find an extension of ourselves. What are we like in real life? What are we interested? What are we not? And he started asking us like, what are we doing for like work at the moment? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I had just graduated. I was working, I was selling cars for enterprise car okay. sales. And, um, and he was like, Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> be this, everybody hates a used car salesman. That's, That's what you would be. That would be awesome. You put you in a suit and tie, you'd be the sleazy, scummy salesperson. <laughs> no one would want to deal with you. <laughs> Last question to go. Oh, no, you came up with my stuttering gimmick undercover, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, the way you say it like that, I actually think that gimmick has potential. It's a little more universal. Last question to Glenn. We can move off it. Glenn, would, would uh, do you find it more offensive that she has the gimmick of a dentist, or would it be weirder if the fact she was simultaneously a practicing dentist and they didn't acknowledge it at all? If you just had to find out, here's this talent on national TV wrestling who's also going to a dentist's office mm-hmm. every week. Wouldn't that be weird they don't even acknowledge that? I think it's a very interesting part of her backstory, but I think just dial it back like two notches. That's just, that's my, my take on it. We've been way too much time on this. Keep it moving. Yes. Uh, After that. (laughs) No, seriously. Yeah. I I lost uh, where I was in the, uh, wow. (laughs) Got all these tabs open. Uh, What happened after that rush? Oh, um, (laughs) (laughs) after the girls match. So after the, here I'm, I'm back on the, uh, sheet so after the women's match ended we got uh that was the best friends thing oh uh moxley versus song spears which we talked about we talked about yes uh oh and then uh we were at the main event well oh, uh kenny omega came out after moxley won via pinfall uh pack still sounds weird to say was on commentary weird shot when they uh panned over to him and he's looking all like wet hair and uh shirtless but then with the headphones on I thought that was a mistake, but I thought he was very good on commentary tonight. And I like that they're mixing it up, mixing him up with these guys. He was great on it. And again, like, like we mentioned earlier, he brought up that, you know, these guys don't have the win loss record that he does. Why is he not getting a title shot? He's right. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Sam X seven. You know, that's, that's, it's very true. Um, and I did as stupid as I may be for not seeing that coming. I did not see him coming and glomming Kenny from behind afterwards with the chair. That was a cool spot because I did not see that coming. Omega throwing the, so Omega had a broom with wrapped in bat barbed wire <laughs> and then a bat wrapped in barbed wire threw the bat to Moxley and they were about to fight and then uh, Pat came from behind and nailed Omega. Perfect. Moxley was pissed but didn't do anything, just kind of walked off. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was perfectly played, dude. They built everybody up to the highest that they've been to see these two go at it finally, and they came mm. the carpet out. It was perfect timing. And it gets again pop, pack in the middle of a, a really big time feud, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Makes him gives him some spotlight too. I should have seen it coming. I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't. No, it was uh, it was a good spot. I think uh, these guys where they're at. There's there's so many matches they can have right. Oh, now. and Kenny did a good job. I mean, that serious of holding a serious face and not goofing around. <laughs> 
I mean, serious. Yeah, yeah. There's times where he goofs around at times. He's having fun out there, you know, and that's what's gotten him over, I would argue, as well, too. But here was a serious situation. Somebody's about to hit you with a freaking, what do you call it, a barbed wire bat that you just threw to him. You've got one in your hand. You're not goofing around. You're not making funny faces. Well, You're not trying to make people laugh. You're dead serious. And he did a good job, I thought, of holding that tonight. I think uh, he must have heard on the podcast last week that I called him adorable and was like, I'll show you how serious I can be. <laughs> He needs to do more of that in these big time like angles with the dude who just put him through glass last week. Yeah, I mean he had a broom wrapped in barbed wire and he made it look serious. So yeah, it was like it was a cool spot. And the main event, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Adam Page in a tag match. Dustin Rhodes, props to him, man. Look, I was, <laughs> I was thinking about his career to watching this and just how well he performs at his age and his physique. His, He's just like when he remember when ECW came back for WWE for a little bit there. They did the one that Zack Ryder was on, and mm -hmm. Christian was a champion of Goldust. Remember when he was like wrestling Sheamus, a young Sheamus. Right. Goldust is when he that's when he got like really cut up and got in like the best ring cardio shape of his career. That's what he looked like here tonight to me. Yeah. He does not blow up. He does not get gassed. He is so fast when he gets those ropes. Well, before his match with Cody, I mean he was. I mean, he's been, I mean, he's looked in tremendous shape for a long time now. He, you know, he, yeah. he had his issues, he got help and now he just looks fantastic. He's looked, he's looked fantastic. And he even got in even better shape this year um, yes. before the match with Cody and yes. it shows. So, I mean, yeah, to your point, Justin props to him at the, at his age to be looking, you know, better than ever in a lot of ways um is, it, it's a true testament he is in better cardio i'm not joking than at least 75 to 80 percent of those guys yeah. yeah uh i'm gonna say this i was so wrong about adam page and i think the early praise thinking he could be the top guy in this company compared to everyone else on the roster he has no swagger whatsoever <clears throat> i'll admit he hasn't impressed me these these last few months i mean since aew started i mean he yeah. always looked the part but yeah I, I agree he doesn't he hasn't been standing out i don't know i don't know what to say to that i still think because he's so young you know what i mean that both him and mjf him and mjf are going to be enormous enormous stars like flag bearing stars for either of these two companies and i mean wwe as well I mean, out of the out of the four of the out of the four guys of this match, Glenn, I agree. He he's the least, the, the least the least interesting, least over to me. Yeah, yeah. Sammy, I mean, Sammy Guevara ah. looked more. He looked more. Sammy looks like a star. Yeah, like he he, did, he looked more. Really, the, the I head. thought so. Like yeah. as far as his facials, his he's swagger, stupid thing Sammy does with his tongue in the weird Axl Rose dance looks cooler than Hangman, who just looks like a kind of. You know, he looks like. Not not Kevin Costner. He looks like the guy who would be the the second sidekick. It would be Kevin Costner, Woody Harrelson, then Hangman Adam Page well, in an early nineties. That's Cowboy who we played in the being the elite series, essentially. Sh sh well, Shivani tried to compare him to Barry Windham on commentary. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I was like, Ugh. he's like yeah. five inches shorter, <laughs> right? Barry, yeah. Barry Windham was like what six four. Every yeah. five six six. I would say he's huge. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was like Hogan's height. <laughs> but Dustin, uh, Dustin has a gravitas to him, right? I mean, especially at this that, stage in his career, talking about his performance, the way he carries himself, and he's got the fire in the ring when he turn he turns it on. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll just have to give it time. You know, with with Paige, you know, he hasn't gotten any promo time. They haven't really. 
they him and Omega both. I feel like they haven't done the best job with them. They haven't. That's that's it's a good call. They haven't. They've not put them in scenarios where they can let the fans know learn a little bit more about them. Like, okay, his match versus Jericho. He should have been incredibly cutting like these. I thought he did on that indie show that you I don't know if you guys caught it where he's talking about we do cowboy things or what was he call it some stuff like that. I thought that caught on cowboy shit. I thought that caught on pretty big, and I thought he was going to be off and sailing after that, but it's not been that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jericho and Sammy won that match with Jericho. Well, yeah, the John Ells point. Could you imagine? Uh, yes. <laughs> they put the title on him. Oh, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jericho was absolutely the right move. Um, so Jericho pinned Dustin. And after that, the lights went out again. Thankfully, no dark order. Instead, we got Cody. Why did, the, why did the lights have to go out for Cody? I don't know. I, they're, you're no, trying, they, they're trolling you, Raj. They want you to think it's the dark order, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, I could see if it's a returning star or someone else, but Cody has been no. there. Just have him run from the w, back. WCWs do it all the time. It'd but like, they do it for like Sting. No, it'd be like Brian Lee and like ECW standing in the ring. ECW, yeah, ECW did it for you know they'll be like yeah, like come back on Jake the Snake Roberts randomly signed a deal that night and he beat somebody. It's the cheapest effect. It costs nothing. Well, they on it. They didn't need to do it for Cody because the entire crowd was chanting for Cody, so he could have just came running out and would have fine. Yeah, you know when they're beating down Dustin that Cody's coming. You know that, that's like then turning off the lights and then the, it's the Young Bucks. They they've all been there. It's not uh, you save the lights going up for it's, surprises. It's that video shot of it though. When somebody's running down the ramp, it's in my opinion it's anticlimactic versus lights off, lights on. Dude is in the ring and you're the zoomed in. They're hugging his face. And yeah. I don't, so everyone ganged up on Cody and then. Sorry. <laughs> MJF came out, had the chair. Oh, Looks like for a second again. Is MJF going to turn on Cody? No. MJF babyface turned tonight, took out the inner circle, saved his best friend. Then uh, Darby came in. Oh, sorry. Go. I threw my son's flip flop at the TV at this one. I wanted MJF to turn fully. <laughs> Well, they, they did the same thing at, at the last pay-per-view, right? Where MJF was teasing he was going to hit Cody, but he hit, uh, you know, Sean Spears. It's coming. You don't, they don't want to do it too quick. Cody's got his dancing He's partner with Jericho heel. right now. That's what's so crazy about his character right now. He still is a heel. He's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. He wrestles his matches as a heel. It's just <laughs> this one context with Cody. He's considered a face. And he got like the loudest baby face reaction oh, tonight. When he... <laughs> and that's why, I mean, I don't want to sound like an idiot saying this because you're right, Raj. His pop was huge. But like if, if <clears throat> he better turn on Cody because if, if it turns out that he that they're just going to put him on the baby face side of the fence, <laughs> like th- that is the that that to me sums up the biggest issue I have with wrestling fans that I argue with them about like Baron Corbin, which is. If a heel's really good at his job, he has to be considered a babyface. No, if a heel's really good, he's just a really talented heel at making you dislike him. That's what MJF is. We do not need to turn him babyface because he's a quality heel. Hang on, hang on. Right. Do, do, let me ask you a question. Do you think any of it, any of it, has to do with politics? That he is so damn good at being a heel and his promos that there may be some. I'm not saying any names that may see him as a threat. Hmm. Yeah, 
And you're right. You can't have WWE. Trust me, that's exactly what would be happening. There's sure. no, there's no politics in wrestling, man. Yeah, he's no. We <laughs> talked Mr. about Mr. Mayor. Keep it out there. We <laughs> talked about this over the summer. He gives Jer. I think he's a better heel than Jericho is, uh, and you can't. Uh, come on, really? really? Not yet. No, Jericho does the whole star thing with with being a heel, whereas MJF yes. has got great lines. So. I Maybe. want to punch MJF in his face way more than I want to punch Chris Jericho. Sure. I, I want to get mad at Jericho, but then I want to hang out with him immediately after and <laughs> continue to make me laugh because he's the funniest guy on the planet. Yeah, I, Jericho I, comes out and you feel like a superstar is coming out. You no know, question. Yeah. Yes. He's a rock okay, star. Yes. But I, I think I hate MJF worse. Right. Yeah. I want them to try and do something brand new in wrestling and do the asshole baby face. No, MJF cannot be baby face. He, he can't be a baby face. Be, you know, and, and to your guys' point about him turning on Cody, it's going to happen. But like with better. Hogan and Savage, you don't do that the first time they have a disagreement. You build that over time. You, you know, you build this out on TV for a while. So when it finally does happen, it means that much more. So I, I say give it Boat. give it time. Give it six months. Samech, <laughs> <laughs> Samech, Samech 7, I think Orange Cassidy is the next AEW champion. I want, eight, I want Orange Cassidy to be the guy who takes the belt off MJF like two years from now. Uh, yeah. we'll, see. we'll see if that lasts like, Orange Cassidy with his gimmick guys it's too much work for him yeah. to pass in the title number one two I would argue <laughs> even over his, over his head it's too much work right yeah. with, MJ, with MJF with his face his suit and his uh, his scarf does anybody else get this he looks like a white Alberto Del Rio <laughs> seriously look at him he looks like a white Alberto Del Rio I can see that I could to- now that's all I'm going to see when I see right? him did you guys <laughs> be in the elite no, not this week. Last episode, MJF was on. He made a, an appearance real quick, and um, he showed his new scarf off that that they're selling at the merch yeah. stand, and it says "You're too something like what you're." Be, I, I can't afford the, a real scarf. Yeah, I can't afford. I can't afford a real Burberry scarf. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> I just thought that was pretty good. <laughs> He's great. Um, so we ended tonight with Darby coming in on a skateboard. Could you imagine what he could do on that raw set with that skateboard? Oh yeah, <laughs> Dude, that was yeah, pretty yeah. pretty clutch. I know he's a pro and all, like because yeah, because Natty was sliding down it like it was a half pipe, <laughs> and Lacey was throwing her into it. She, her, her leather was just sliding up and down. I think. <laughs> and we went off the air with Jericho telling Darby, "Next week it's your funeral, bitch." And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, they've that's going to be a great match next week. This was really good tonight for the second week of TV, but just not. I don't know. Not uh, enough storytelling for my uh, taste. I think, I think they're getting there. I, I don't think you want to cram too much in. And uh, you know, I, I think they're they're getting there. You know, you you got a little bit of MJF Cody. You got a little bit of you know. You got Jericho Allen, Jericho Cody. Um, one thing they they launched that inner circle, the name of the group, and they launched their new shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees after you know after the show, and it crashed their servers. So. Wow. Uh, already big demand for the inner circle shirts. I thought it was cool too, right? When Jericho uh, revealed that their name was going to be inner circle, the hashtag inner circle came up on the screen. Like they really rolled that out nicely. Yeah. Yeah. So we had that tonight. And then over on NXT, we opened up with Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, putting on a hell of a match, and with Leo Rush becoming the new, well, the the first NXT Cruiserweight champion. Justin, 
we said on this podcast, you predicted Leo Rush. We'd seen the last of him on WWE TV due to uh, the heat he had backstage earlier this year. I've had to, all right, you broke this up like three times since it happened. I've, <laughs> I've had to own up an answer to it. I'll do it one more time. Yes, I was wrong. I thought he would be gone from WWE for some time before we saw him back again. I was wrong by that, but I'm happy I'm wrong because I think uh, you should play yourself in chair shot reality and I should take over. Chair shot's been retired for, for since December, Matt. How much Matt pays attention? <laughs> Matt's like, I'm behind on episodes. Yeah, but, Don't spoil no. it. Justin's on our podcast like four times a week now. Right, right. <laughs> um, no, but I, I, but I'm glad Leo's back, and I, this was this was the right move. Like the 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 even if they're calling it the NXT Cruiserweight, like the title now has a new era. The division has a new era now that it's being housed in NXT. He's the right person. As as talented as Drew Gulak is, Leo's the right person right now with the momentum and red hot return. Listen, I would rather. Wouldn't you rather have this on NXT though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like this is this is right. This is this is this fits. This is where it should be. I mean, we've been saying this forever that you know that. NXT should absorb 205 Live in the Cruiserweight division. And you look at the difference. Look at how hot, how hot this match was on NXT. Whereas if this was on 205 Live or on Raw, it would have died. You know, this, 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 that's what Cruiserweight matches do. They don't, they don't get do. over on the main roster. I understand, though, you guys, is when it would happen on Raw and SmackDown. I'm sitting there going, but sometimes with some of these two Cruiserweights, I'm going, what the hell, like Austin Aries and like Pac. I'm like, what, the, what else do these people want? <laughs> yeah, I think never... really good stuff, you idiots. Freaking clap your hands, cheer, show appreciation. This is good stuff, and this is why the cruiserweights are going to get buried, and Vince is never going to take them serious. Well, because the, the cruiserweights, they okay, so they tried with Brian Kendrick and TJ Perkins originally to build them as characters on Raw. That didn't go over. So <laughs> how many? How many characters did we ever really have in the cruiserweight division? I mean, we had Enzo. Yeah, we had Neville. We had Austin and like Gulak a little bit, but they never really like Rich Swan. What was his deal? I still can't. Wasn't he the thing with Alicia Fox? Like Enzo was the biggest character they had, and that was by default. (laughs) By far, he was the biggest that they had. He was the only one that got a reaction on that show. You know, Glenn, you just mentioned TJP. Um, Yeah, we talk. Let's all remember TJ Perkins. Was the first uh, cruiserweight champion of this re, you know, you know, uh, rebirth yeah. of it again? Talk about Rio as the first AEW Women's Champion. And where does that go? Like, <laughs> Rio's the about- TJP of AEW's women. Uh, no, I think Leo. I don't think they're going to put him on Raw. But uh, is Two Hundred Five Live going to continue? What's What's the scoop there? Well, it was taken off the air last week at the last minute. Uh, it's on the schedule right now uh, for this week, but we'll see. Um, it just feels like a dead brand, and um, yeah, I mean, why continue it? No one cares. I uh, will say, and it's too bad we don't have Nick Hausman here. I would have paid money to see Leo narrating what was going on with Bobby Lashley and Lana on Monday on Raw. <laughs> <laughs> that might have saved that segment. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, uh, but no. Look, congratulations to Leo. I think this is a much better role for him. This match tonight against Drew was amazing. Um, he's got all the personality in the world. His music is good. How often can you say that about a wrestler who makes music? It's a very, very short list. I think it's Jericho and Leo, right? Am I missing uh, Jeff Hardy's band? Eh. Uh, but no, I think John Cena wrapped his iconic entrance theme. And aside from that, did you ever listen to the other tracks on the trademark album? No, but I know you have. I have. Let me tell you. The best one is the one they chose. You watched uh, every you watched every Marine. I have no doubt that you have heard you know, John Cena's. I never saw part two. Never saw the Marine oh, two. Sh- Ted DiBiase Jr. Supposed to be Randy Orton. 
but alas. Anyhow, um, no, for Leo tonight, this was a great win, a great match. If you didn't watch NXT tonight, this one, definitely go back and watch. Probably the best cruiserweight match in a while. It's not as good as, no, it's not as good as Leo's match he had two weeks ago when he returned. You think so? Um, I, I do think so. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're both great. Both fantastic matches. He's fantastic. So, Matt, what what are your big takeaways tonight from NXT? Leo, Leo, and more Leo. No, um, Leo definitely, but also um, Champa. God yeah. dang, he screams superstar to me. He he just he looks so different. He he looks pretty freaking jacked. He's always in great shape. That beard works for him. Auto's out arguing. There's a little bit of gray in the beard. You know, it's not really a good look on on a wrestler. I've always thought. But for him, it works. He looks like a psycho killer and a shredded, pretty jacked up version of one. Well, especially. I, 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 I'm really excited to see him come back. I hope it's not too early for him. I hope he's rested the way he needs to rest and recover properly because I want to see him get his run up top eventually. Well, and Matt, to your point you made in the past, he, he, looks, he looks like a psycho. He looks different, especially when he's standing 15 feet from the guys who you said looks pretty generic in, in, yes. in, in the Undisputed Era. Yes, yeah. even more. So, <laughs> like, didn't you think he out like I don't know what the word is uh, outlooked them? Outshined them. Yeah, he outshined them. Like he looked like a legitimate big star, and the other ones did not. Am I just physically? If you didn't know anything about those those five those five people, yeah, if you look, you like yeah, star? If you look at them all in a lineup, you're like, well, the bearded guys kicking all their asses. Yes, that's what <laughs> that's that's what I meant. Yes. So, speaking of killers. Rhea Ripley tonight versus Aaliyah. What's up with Aaliyah's career? I don't know. I, I, I she's, just she's young, isn't she? Yeah, she's she's, she's been green, fighting she's for like young. three years now. She's been wrestling in NXT. She got pushed on breaking ground a little bit. I mean, she's I don't know. I mean, Rhea like destroyed her tonight, ragdolled her around the ring. But uh, man, want Rhea? So Rhea's going to be facing Shayna for the NXT Women's Championship. Rhea. Yeah, real quick, badass. Yeah. That's what you guys want to see, right? You're not excited about that, Matt? If she wins, I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'll get behind anyone that beats Shayna Baszler? Anybody, yes. There you go. Uh, so after that very, very quick match, um, we got – well, she uh, called out Shayna setting that match up and uh morrow was putting over this press conference friday wwe's having in las vegas with triple h tyson fury braun Strowman, brock lesnar paul Heyman, kane velasquez and ray mysterio uh raj what's the scoop on this so they'll be announcing pretty much it's expected for crown jewel it's gonna be brock lesnar versus kane velasquez and tyson fury versus braun Strowman at crown jewel so yeah so they're using, it just seems like two similar matches for Crown Jewel as far as bringing a crossover uh, athlete, you know, with an MMA champion and then a boxing champion. But, you know, it's what the Saudis want, uh, they get. Yeah. I mean, hang on, like, that's a Tyson Fury versus Ron Strowman is pretty friggin' particular for the Saudi to say, hmm. Let me think of any random celebrity I can pick to choose to go against Braun Strowman. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, WWE always shopped this idea to them. Yeah, I mean, I think it was... Um, 
pick that. I think it's not so much they want that match. It's that they want Tyson Fury. And, you know, like want, they want to see what WWE can come up with. And WWE probably pitched Tyson Fury, Kane Velasquez, because Tyson Fury is a big star overseas. Uh, and, and as is Kane and both these, you know, Kane, his video on YouTube with Lesnar has gotten tons more views than anything else from SmackDown uh, last week. The, the, here's the thing really quick. Sorry, Justin. Um, is the Saudis generally, the, the Saudi prince generally wants the more, the more Western, the better as far as the, as wrestling goes. He wants the undertaker. He wants Goldberg. He wants all those types of that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would argue I, they would like. I'm surprised he didn't pick Wiley over him. Pick who? Um, is it Wiley? Who? Uh, who's the one who? Um, the boxer. The boxer that he. Uh, oh, DeAndre uh, Wilder. Wilder. Deion Wilder. Deion. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't pick him over, even though it'd be the wrong pick. Um, well, Tyson I, Fury's overseas is the bigger pay-per-view draw for sure. I think this is just a cheap out for WWE. I think this is to appease Saudi by saying we're giving you some big names from cross genres, but WWE knows both of these matches, maybe not Kane versus Brock as much, but both these matches could just shit the bed, but it won't matter because it's in the Saudi show. The Saudi show is kind of like this isolated, like, you know, like it's better. It's better if these two matches suck that they happen in Saudi versus at like a survivor series, one of their building blocks of the company. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. No, that's how um, I look at it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and Kane, I could see this being a longer term deal because he is retired from MMA uh, pretty mm-hmm. much. So, and he had been training wrestling. He's been talking about it for a while. So, I don't think it ends there. But he's gonna get beat by Brock, right? So, like, what's the next yeah, thing? He's not, he's not gonna be the champion, right? So, I thought it was a non-title match. Is the word on the street? Mm, I mean, they haven't said anything yet, but well, I mean, it would make sense for them to. It could. I mean, it would make sense for them to make it a non-title match, have Kane win, and then you do the title match later on, because uh, you're kind of out of guys for Brock now at this point. I mean, you could, the only guy I could think of is Bray. Don Strowman, Dominic, Dominic with a run-in. Braun's in a big match coming up. You just said it. Yeah, I mean, you could do Braun. They've done Braun before. Yeah, you could definitely do it again. He's always viable, in my opinion. He yeah. can lose 55 matches in a row, and tomorrow I could see them putting the title on him, and I'd still buy that because he's the most viable one there is against him. Or Bray, so, obviously. Friday at the press conference or Friday night on SmackDown, do we get the announcement about CM Punk and the FS1 show? Why do we care so much? No, I don't think they're going <laughs> to. No. <laughs> Why do we care? I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, I mean, like, CM Punk doing anything touching wrestling again is interesting. WWE, I don't see, I don't see them announcing it this early. Uh, you know, we're still a month away from that show. WWE's not going to announce it until Fox twists their arm and say, "Hey, promote it." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Brazongo versus the Forgotten Sons. I like Brazongo's minute work entrance. That was fun. Yeah. But here's my thing. Why, you know, like, I know that they just made, like, the, like the, again, that was, like, a new, like, surprise comeback a few weeks ago at NXT that these guys are back on, on the program. Like, take a look at what NXT is lining up to combat against the competition that beat their ass in viewership last week. Like, Brazongo, who you made be jobber jokes, jokes for th- two, three years. Hey, at least they the were on crew- TV while Ty Dillinger was in catering. 
that, that's not the point. Uh, cruiserweight, cha- you know, a cruiserweight title match when the cruiserweight title has been relegated to be a joke. You know, like if you if, if you actually look at what NXT decided to put out there, I'm not I'm not saying the, that Leo Rush's match wasn't entertaining or that Breezango wasn't didn't have a cool entrance, but if you take a look at what they try to stack up against this show of AEW that's fi- firing in all cylinders, it's kind of it's very questionable if you look at it. I think they shot a very major shot right from the beginning, and I think the stuff with Champa was supposed to as well do that. And it's interesting that more of the action on NXT happened the bigger some of the bigger stuff later in the show to your point, Matt. Uh the Finn Balor retrospective video package didn't air until 20 minutes before uh, the show went off the air, like before the main event. Maybe they thought they'd have more eyeballs <laughs> then, but I would have thought they would have opened with Finn and Cole maybe and mm-hmm. uh you know push that front and center perhaps. Mm, I like that. Uh, yeah, you think so, but I, I like the way they started this though. I did. Yeah. Uh, okay, so if that wasn't impressing you much, Justin Labar, Boa versus Cameron Grimes after the Forgotten Sons pick up, picked up that victory. Uh, what'd you think about, uh, Grimes getting this match with, uh, Killian Dane walking down into the ring after? Uh, another quick, another quick win. I mean, for, for, I keep on, uh, Tra- Tra- Trevor Lee, uh, whatever his name is. Um, I don't know. Killian Dane looks like a, a stud. I, I like him. I, I, I've liked him since they've reintroduced him back in NXT. I like this Belfast brawler deal but nothing much here i don't know it is what it is i agree with you i i, I can't see trevor lee doing much on the main roster um so well this is the main roster it. nxt is the main roster it's, this not, is, it's not yes it is they're all you, equal you're, you're doing you're doing <laughs> you're doing eight hundred thousand viewers a week and you know 400 people at full sale versus you know uh four million for smackdown last they're week still... and granted it's not going to continue that but eh, we'll see who does better this week raj is what justin's saying no no, no. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying i understand what you're saying raj but like at, at this point now nxt is only an equal three that is an equal three it, it is right, look at the priorities look at the draft they're not even mentioning nxt because uh, next draft they will next draft it'll be all three they're only doing raw and smackdown because of the fox move right now next draft so. will be all three mark NXT... my words all right <laughs> <laughs> After that, Roderick Strong versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Roderick, of course, from the Undisputed Era, North American champion, in a non-title match tonight. Um, surprisingly competitive. Did you think so, Matt? Yeah, but the main part of this match, let's get, I thought, was the fact that they sprinkled in some entertainment into this. Oh, the with the Undisputed Era? Come no, in. with, with um, what's his name? Who came in? Who came out? Oh, Champa. Oh, Velveteen Dream, pardon me. He put friggin' naked picture of him up on the damn screen. <laughs> that That's was pretty risque. Yeah, it was very risque, but it was very entertaining, entertaining for NXT, I thought. Mm-hmm. To, to me, that felt like, oh, we got the first sign that Vince is involved in the creative of NXT. <laughs> well, no, it, well, come on, let's be honest. We're slamming him because it's constantly wrestling, 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 which we say we wanted to see more of on those other SmackDown and Raw. We didn't want to see horrible, terrible backstage segments anymore. That's what we've been saying over the years here. Yeah. Um, so here they are putting these great matches on, and we're crucifying by saying AEW is better because they're giving us the whole package. The aesthetic of the show looks better. All this other great stuff looks way better. I, I like the fact that they took a little chance tonight. And yeah. the match with somebody who generally bores me to death. No offense, Roddy. Um, <laughs> I'm being serious. Yeah. I'm not doing on his matches anymore. Um, this Lightened did it up for me. Anytime Velveteen, you sprinkle him into something, I think it's always going to be good. In two weeks, he's going to have a rematch with Roderick Strong for the NXT North American Championship. 
I'm surprised that photo made it on TV because it looked like they were showing a landing strip. I mean, I guess it was a micro, uh, you know. But, what was um, it? Micro blurs? It was so fast before I could really see it, it. They have pictures of it online, but it looks like a landing strip with the little, did you, you know. Did you zoom in? What's up? Did you zoom in? <laughs> Why'd you laugh? I was going to admit it, dude. <laughs> You're so beautiful. <laughs> I'm not falling for that. I was gonna. Yes, you were. You're about to say anger. Let me go check. Would have seen it in. Would have seen it live. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, so the first pick of Roderick Strong with the belt around him, which is kind of a takeoff of the the George Costanza pick, uh, that is legitimately was legitimately on his Instagram, as someone's pointing out in the chat. That is definitely the, the Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> uh Ciampa came out with a crutch in his hand, steel chair, entered the ring with both weapons. And looked like a badass. Yeah. And so he's going to return to the ring next week against uh, Angel nice. Garza. Dude, people give Cena props all the time for coming back. This dude freaking comes back for everything. And he, Wasn't he, this supposed to be career-ending, Raj? Yeah, neck surgery in April. <laughs> so, Did they work it? Did they lie? Is no, no, right? it's legit. So... I don't know what he did, but, you know, what is it now? Uh, April, uh, six months, and it, they thought at least minimum nine, so uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> Somebody wrote rag. I mean, I guess the G. I guess the G is two spots over from the J on the keyboard, but still. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, Do I get in trouble for what? Talking wrestling? No, that's the stupidest <laughs> comment that was made tonight. Thank you for playing the homeboy. Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this was a little competitive, but Bianca won this match and then called Rhea Ripley out, Wait. saying she doesn't care. Uh, if she was the first NXT UK women's champion, if someone wants a piece of Shayna, they have to go through her first. So I'm assuming we get that match in the next week or two. Don't you guys think Belair is a big star in the making? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. In fact, Bianca versus uh, Rhea, like uh, that's to me that I mean that's they're both they're the future of the mm. NXT women's division, and both of them I think uh, if they were booked right could be great on the main roster. Mm, yeah. If, if <laughs> big if, but this was good. This was good all the way around. I thought though, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they were hyping Keith Lee versus Dominic uh, Dijakovic, the rubber match for next week's show. We got another video package uh, tonight. Then we saw the video package about hyping Finn Balor's return to NXT, and this focused on his main roster run and then his return last week, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they really did their editing work uh, to pull out the highlights of Finn Balor for <laughs> Raw and SmackDown's career. They, they got an archivist. I'm sure they got it all tagged. You know, yeah. um, you could fit on one three by five index card, like yeah. the highlights of Finn Balor's main roster run. Um, and I like Finn Balor. Uh, Pete Dunn was backstage. Words for Damian Priest. So they're, they keep building that up. They're wrestling next week. That's yeah. next week as well. Which I'm psyched for, by the way. Damien Priest, like I said, he's going to be on the main roster. The main roster. He's on the main <laughs> roster, Raj. <laughs> that hit me late. I just got it. <laughs> you don't think that bow and arrow crap is corny as heck? No, I thought it was. I thought that was great. The way he shot to the screen, the flames came up. Yeah, I think Are you he, he has. Are you being serious? No, I like it. He's got. He sounds <laughs> cool. He, he looks cool. Confident. 
He sounds cool. He looks cool. He looks different. He sounds different. And he's got the size. Vince is going to want him on Raw or SmackDown. Oh, true. I had all that. Well, it wasn't cool. But I had all that, too, (laughs) and they made me stutter. (laughs) Yeah. Glenn looks like a big baby. Oh, who, put, oh. who put that on there? <laughs> um, anywho, <laughs> who did put that up? I didn't. I don't have control of these things. It's just magically these appear. Uh, so we got the big main event tonight: Walter versus Kushida. This <laughs> went on for a very long time. Too long. It's a lot of matches. It's a good yeah. match, but it's long. Because we're trying to protect of, both. A lot of matches. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, they wanted Kushida to look strong in this, right? And this is the problem. It's like when you try and protect, like we've raised the bar so high for protecting guys that we talked about before. It's like everything's got to be Batman versus Superman and go on for a half an hour with a dozen false finishes. Um, it just, this was too long. Am, am I old? Am I old real quick when I yes. think that his, his character is corny? <laughs> Kushida? Or Walter? Oh, Kushida. Kushida? Yeah. What is that? You guys don't think that's weird that he's coming out as Marty McFly? He really <laughs> likes Back to the Future. You know, it is probably one of my top five movies of all time, so I can't okay. talk about that much. Yeah, but it's like Kyrie saying with the pirate thing, where it didn't it didn't make sense for a while, and then afterwards you just get kind of get used to it. Because you're right. Her, that was an eyesore for me at first. When she first came out with the pirate, I'm like, there's no way this poor girl's going <laughs> to yeah. get this over. She did. And it's right. Back to the Future. It's not like he came out with a never-ending story gimmick or Flight of the Navigator or that, a lesser 80s film. I think anytime you're dressing up like a movie character, it's just like you're trying to be someone else and you're not your own character. Yeah. Sting? I, Sting I, is I, the one I was just Razor about to Ramon? Say. Yeah, but Razor wasn't so over the top. He wasn't wearing the, the Tony Montana suit. You know, he had the gold. Razor wasn't over the top, sure. No, I mean like like Tony Montana over the top. He wasn't coming dressed like Tony Montana. I think the Marty McFly spinoff, I, I think it's, you know, if you look, WWE has not had, um, even Shinsuke, they've not had great luck with Japanese any males. of their faults. WWE's own faults. No, I, I, but I, what I'm saying is WWE's not had great luck with Japanese talent, male talent in the recent years. They've tried, you know, like, I mean, um, Hideo Itami, I know we couldn't say how they, like, I think they're, I think they're going overboard trying to strap too much of a character like that. Though, dude, because it sounds like we're blaming the talent. That's not the talent. Phrase it that WWE right. has not had good luck with their own creative team working with the Japanese talent because that's the issue. I'm sorry, Nakamura was leave me the f alone and push him out on TV and let him be. Don't touch him. I don't know if he's how it is. I feel, I feel like WWE is dressing him up like Marty McFly to try to give him an identity and, and definition. <laughs> Seriously, because they've had, they, I think they've got lost in the shuffle with Japanese uh, stars with Japanese talent. Sam H7 saying, so is Walter Biff. That's yes. great. <laughs> yes. It was a great, great bully heel of all time, one of them if, for sure. Yeah. If Walter says butthead in his next program. If he says, why don't you make like a tree and get, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> you about, <laughs> about as useful as a screen door in a battleship. How did, how, did, how did The Miz never get hit with that gimmick? The Miz looks so much like Tom F. Wilson that it just seems like that was just waiting to happen. He's, he's too small. He's really big. Yeah, he's yeah. too small. Yeah, that's true. Just get him with a short enough guy, and it'll work. Uh, Anyhow, uh, so this match went on forever. Both guys look strong, but Walter ultimately won. Right guy won for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good match, but they're doing the overrun just because they feel like they have to do the overrun to get a little advantage on AEW, and they don't need it. They're, but, abu- they're abusing it. I, I, I didn't even think what you saw in the overrun. I don't think it was something that's going to go, oh, my no. God, I need to like make sure I tune into them right. first next week. You know, Wasted opportunity. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and my critique, by the way, here's the one critique I have of Walter. I, I, I dig Walter's, you know, size and everything, but I've long since, every time I watch him on live, on dude live TV, he's constantly like his eyes, he's looking over constantly at the cameraman or producer to find out when he needs to stop looking. And tonight I, I could catch him three different times asking the referee the time of where they are. <laughs> I, and maybe it's just me looking really close. And if it is, I'm sorry, I'm picking on him, but it drove me nuts. I, I constantly watch him live TV cues. He's, his eyes are he's constantly looking at the producer for that now yeah what you'll catch it you'll catch him in the match tonight and if you catch him because they always have him standing with his group right posing <laughs> and he's always looking to see are we off are we off i don't know if he's watching the countdown of but he, it, it drives me nuts i i it just that's the one thing about him that it's driving me nuts when i watch him you he's want see, you want to see something real quick fans at home type in um matt morgan nathan jones debut it's when paul Heyman brings us out my very first time on smackdown you'll catch me looking at the the gimmick Tron like fifty five thousand times. I'm looking at the hard camera acting like big mad snorting and doing the whole fucking flex and shit. And I continue to like look up at the Titan Tron like three hundred times. It's just a it's a it's a greenhorn mistake. What? I mean, and I have to correct JW in the chat. It was bras on their head, not jock straps. Get your weird science trivia right. It's a half of the Super Bowl I have on backwards. What are you talking about? Before we get to the news, all, you know, all of a sudden, Walter with a Biff gimmick is not the worst idea I've ever heard. You no, know? it is not. It's a great gimmick. <laughs> right, yeah. It's a test of time, dude. That is such a great bully heel gimmick. Yeah, because Walter right now, he's just kind of a, a just a big dude in trunks. Soccer that, that can That can work. You know, uh, in Imperium, none of them are British. Well, we apparently got that wrong every time we talk about Imperium, that they're like British stable. They're all European, but not British. Yeah. All right. So two good shows. Uh, what would you guys get the edge on uh, this week? AEW. AEW. Yeah, AEW is pretty sweet. Same here. I think both shows are going to have less viewership than last week, but AEW is still going to dominate. Yeah, I think every wrestling show is down okay. this week. Raw is already. Uh, I think NXT is going to be in the 700, 800,000 range. AEW probably 1.1, 1.2 million. And SmackDown probably like down a lot. 3.2 million maybe after four last week. So 3.9. So anyway, um, let's get to this news. We're running, uh, we've been running over a bit. So let's get to this news real quick. First thing, Edge was, you know, we had talked earlier about Edge. The report was that he's returning to wrestling. Obviously, the Saudi Arabia shows are on the corner. So that's got people talking. He kind of mm. denied it on Twitter. But then it came out yesterday that he was in Pittsburgh uh, on WWE Business, according to mm. PW Insider. So, and that is where Dr. Joseph Maroon is. That is where people go to get cleared. <laughs> As Rush to go test before I was going back to yep. Yep. So, That's accurate. It's where your drug testing and your physicals get done. Yeah. Maybe he just needed some Z Packs. <laughs> Could be. Uh another thing, Sasha Banks and Bray Wyatt were both injured at Hell in the Cell. Bray Wyatt was not too serious. He did a he did a dark match angle after Raw where he put the mandible claw on Cesaro. Uh Sasha Banks, it seems like she's got some sort of back injury. It's not known how serious it is or how long she'll be out. <laughs> Uh, the big show, he's getting his own travel TV series. <laughs> wow. In yeah. addition to his Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. So another TV series for him. It's called, uh, uh, let's see here. It's called Big Show versus the World, A Giant Abroad. It's him traveling to these different countries that have some mysterious stuff to them, and he's going to be examining the mysteries. Is this on WWE Network? No, this is, um, it's with ITV America's Think Factory Media. So I'm not sure. So a real TV channel? Yeah, it's being shopped around right now, so it hasn't uh, 
it hasn't gotten a, a distributor yet. ITV, like British ITV. Yeah. Okay. That's that's legit. In, in yeah. Europe, they're huge. And then finally, um, NWA Power uh, debuted this week. Uh, me and Justin were talking on Twitter. I said it kind of reminded me of like NXT meets Southpaw regional wrestling. It was, <laughs> it was like, you know, like the graphics and stuff were yeah, so yeah. old school, the NWA logo. It was so old school, but the promos on the show I thought were better than anything outside of Jericho's promo tonight on wrestling in the last couple of weeks. Um, because, because there's people cutting them. You got yourself storm Magnus and, and Eli Drake. They're great. That's like murderers row of promos. And, and then yeah. Tim storm, Tim Storm, Tim Storm, he had a promo too. Yeah, and he did the best babyface promo, like such a great 80s uh, babyface promo where you, it's kind of corny, but you're really behind the guy watching this. I agree yeah. with that. We, we really quick, just in Dorage, Glenn, you didn't see it? Uh, no, I did not watch it. You gotta watch this for the sake of the throwback promo set. I heard it was like, good. That is the coolest part for me for the show. That is my favorite part of the show is the old school uh, promo set where you walk on and there's this huge old school looking table and the cheesy graphic in the background. I think that's so cool. It's so it screams it, wrestling. Right? It, it it does, Matt. You know, like it, it does. Like wrestling fans love nostalgia. How many times we all revert back and say, "Oh, this is just like this storyline." Oh, we'd love to have this 2.0. So this taps into that nostalgia factor, but it only taps into the nostalgia factor for those that are maybe in their 30s or 40s or older because we can recall the original incarnation of, of regional territory wrestling. Somebody, somebody, somebody younger than 30 watching it. Right. Cut your argument in half. It's brand new to somebody who's younger who's never seen it before. It is. Yeah. You're right. You're right. What is old is new again. However, if you put that side by side to NXT, which NXT is basically a studio wrestling with a million dollar budget with no core graphics. Game. I'm sorry? They're putting place inside the ring or backstage in a black area. Yeah, but, but NXT still looks a lot more modern than what this is aiming for. Yeah. I'm saying if you're yeah. you're right, you are right. One of the best things indie wrestlers can Just do today. The but this was uh, trying to not look modern. It was almost like the Stranger Things kind of thing, where it was yeah. trying to combine the '80s cheese with. It's like Southpaw wrestling. They're kind of parodying themselves of let's let's be as old school, low budget in a way as we can. Right, but then the actual promos and the ring work, they weren't doing that. You know, I thought the the promos were great. I thought Eli Drake and James Storm. Why these guys aren't on a national level yeah, right now just blows my mind. Yeah, but uh, yeah, NWA Power. It's on YouTube. Um, it's at it's at like a hundred and forty thousand views right now. Maybe it's, it's, it's more more than that. It's yeah. like hundred seventy maybe. <clears throat> um, the Rock praised it. He uh, Jim Cornette. He's one of the color commentators for the show. Um, and The Rock congratulated them. Wrote congrats, Jim. The boys crew stumbled across the show last night and enjoyed it. I grew up in territories and started my career at Channel Five in Memphis, so I have a lot of. Love, respect for small-scale crowd TV shows. Cool vintage feel. Keep working hard, boys. Rock. And dude, yeah. that dude's the coolest guy on the planet. He just continues <laughs> to show why. I mean, come on. He's giving NWA shout-outs. Yeah. He gives everything that you think The Rock would be too busy to know about or even watch. Shout-outs. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time he's done this with something like that. Remember, was it Ricochet? Like, he just randomly... There's so many things that he does like that. That's why, dude, this dude's the coolest guy on the planet. Did yeah. he congratulate you on being elected mayor? No. <laughs> Damn it, Rock! Um, but Justin, to your point, I feel like the uh, the power 
production in a lot of ways almost looks better than NXT in a weird way because NXT looks like it's just blacked out. It's just dark. It's like a ring with a light. Whereas this, you have, you know, the, the crowd lit up. It looks like there's people there. And then you got the studio where they do the promos. It is old school. Anyone watching it, you can tell it feels 80s. And, you know, it's got I'm, all, I'm all for them trying it because at this point, I mean, it's, it's a new flavor on the menu. And again, yeah. it, it kind of taps in nostalgia. So I'm all for it. And, and, and again, I watched the majority of it. And I like, I, I appreciate it. So I'm not, I'm not trying dude, to say it. Dude, she's a star waiting to happen. Who is that? Camille, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Camille. Yeah. She is a, she's good in the ring. She's a star waiting to happen, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say real quick? Am I being a homer? I'm not saying this because he's my boy, but, dude, I'm sorry. Cornette makes that show, the the matches go. You, it makes you care more. Talks 100 miles an hour. It, it's yeah he's uh, he was awesome it's a fun show check it out i don't know if i could watch it on a every week for a year but uh you know checking know it out how deep the roster is for that i know what you mean right you know yeah cornet cornet blocked me on twitter did he really did you would he, no he well he blocked me by i think by association one i disagreed with him when i went out to lucha underground and defended them and b mark madden came to my defense and him and madden hate each other and yeah. Madden used to be on my podcast, so I've been blocked by by association. Yeah, mm-hmm. it happens. Apologize. Apologize to the man. How I can't type to him. I don't have his number. <laughs> Everybody tweet at Cornette saying unblock Justin Labar. He doesn't know. He doesn't care who I am. I actually like the guy. I, I, I have no problem with him. But it was my, he and I disagreed about Lucha Underground, and then Madden came to my defense, and all hell went loose. Old people are weird on Twitter. Like JBL blocked me, and I didn't even. Someone just tweeted something at me that was mean about JBL. I didn't even say it. Like William Shatner blocked me for Christ's sakes. Like weird shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. But in a way. You're not getting into that. I'm sorry, Roger. I gotta ask this. How did you get blocked? What did you mean? <laughs> Oh, I think it was something about, I was talking about like crowdfunding TV series that were canceled or something like that. And it was funny, like he's really against, I don't know. It was just a whole thing. He took weird offense at something I said. <laughs> I don't know, that was way I apologize for it, I'm sorry. It was stupid. It was absolutely stupid. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then we'll find ourselves blocked by random people like uh, Bull Dempsey was one. Really? And, and Kalisto. <laughs> it's like, all right, whatever. Bull blocked you? Yeah. Not uh, me know, personally, but our the Wrestling Inc. Twitter account for some weird. I can't even remember him ever being in a headline. That's so weird because I just worked a show with him two months ago, and he even said, "Hey, I've, I, I heard your uh, or heard or seen you doing the Wrestling Inc. podcast. That's pretty cool." Huh? That's really know, bizarre. I, <laughs> I wore my Bull Fit shirt on this podcast for like a year straight. Yeah, that's it. That's a great story, Glenn. Sometimes <laughs> these things happen <laughs> by mistake. Yeah, people by you're not trying to do, it, especially on Twitter. Yeah, they'll be like you're trying to select another option and you accidentally hit block or I don't know. You try to hit mute and you hit block. and <laughs> right, yeah. It must have been an accident. Tell yourself what you have to. Um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, lastly, Raj, Hell in a Cell, Wrestling Inc. Wasn't last night. Oh, yeah. So Hell in the Cell, these last 10 days were the, bu- the busiest on the site for non-WrestleMania week ever. And it's funny, like a bad pay-per-view, like an epically bad pay-per-view generates so much more interest than a good pay-per-view. So like Sunday and Monday were huge. Uh, And yeah, the Hell in the Cell numbers have just been insane. They're bigger than last Wednesday when AEW and NXT went head-to-head for the first time. Is bigger than SmackDown on Fox. So yeah, just just really wild. 
this this is what I'm talking about though. Online it is generally negative <laughs> across the board. It just is. That's the society we're in today. It's easier to go in a comment section on somebody's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter page and say something mean versus saying something nice. It outweighs it considerably. I don't know what's going on. I don't get it. But there's something going on here where it negativity or something bad happens or terrible news, people come flying in to see it. They like a good car crash. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand it. It's not just wrestling. It's yeah. It's, I mean, no, I'm not yeah, just wrestling. I'm yeah, all it's everything. The, yeah, turn everything. Them, yeah. I don't know why. There's far more viral videos of the ugliness in the world versus like people that do acts of kindness. You know, like. Oh. Yep. Uh, let's not debate all of society's ills and the negative <laughs> impacts of online culture on. Glenn, just be quiet and tell us why William Shatner blocked you. Just own <laughs> up to it. It was something about the show Timeless. I was talking oh, about when it got on. canceled. No, dude, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I like Timeless for the record, by the way. No, he said he said William Shatner looked like Bull Dempsey, didn't you? No, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when William Shatner narrated Breaking Ground? Like three years ago, like that was a weird thing. Isn't he he's got a Hall of Famer, or no? He inducted Jerry Lawler. Dr. Lawler. Yeah. So he's got I, ties to wrestling, even we, weirder. We all for, forget getting me unblocked by Cornette. We all need to uh, type to William Shatner and get this figured <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyhow, uh, Friday, we're going to be back here to talk about SmackDown. Who is on the show Friday, Raj? It, it'll be uh, Matt, Glenn, and Michael. Michael Wiseman. Okay. I can deal with that. <laughs> uh, anyhow, he's BP Bob Morgan. He's Justin Labar. Justin, uh, your podcast thingamanonor is back. And you got Britt Baker Friday. Saturday, yes. Saturday. Uh, yeah, presented by Blue Chew. Well, we have Britt Baker this weekend. Uh, good old JR the following week. It's going to be a lot of good fun this month. That's there you cool. go. Yeah. Roger Subscribe. Was- right here. Subscribe. Where's it? Over here. There you go. <laughs> Raj, what's coming up on the site? Uh, we got a new uh, interview with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, one of the greatest of all time. So, check absolutely. It out. Uh, Matt Morgan, how's along with this time of year? Fantastic. Nice. He's BP Matt Morgan. Follow, give him a follow. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. And we'll catch you back here on Friday night for Friday Night SmackDown on Fox on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Until then, take care.